You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. Welcome back to Ashburton. We're uh, about ready to start now. It's political commentary. With Rod Oram this morning. Kia ora, Rod. How are you? I'm Marina Rachel. Very well, thank you. It's great to chat with you today. There's lots going on in the world, but let's start local with the government, ongoing government uh, coalition negotiations. It's taking its time at this point, and uh, we're getting, you know, I guess a little bit every day from um, the leaders of National Act, and not so much from Winston Peters. He's kept his, uh, he's kept himself out of the the news cycle, perhaps during the negotiations. But what what is your takeaway about? how long it's taking and what we might see on the other side of this? Um, I think that they've taken um, a, an appropriate amount of time because there is great complexity to um, trying to create the first coalition involving two full coalition partners, um, two separate parties, um, and therefore working through the policy differences and what each of them would settle for um, <clears throat> I think is incredibly important. And um, ultimately, once all this <clears throat> sort of drama about you know, when is it going to finally happen, we finally get the announcement. It's going to be really important to work through that policy document and agreement to see uh, what the lie of the land is, because that will form the program for the new government. Um, but beyond that, it's really fascinating how the um, contest for deputy prime minister has flared up. Mm. On one hand, Seymour has always said that he was far more interested in policy than, quote, the baubles of office. But here he was this week going public on making the pitch he should be deputy prime minister. And clearly, when this is set up a competition where one will be and one won't be, mm. um, so this is establishing a pecking order um, between the two of them. And given the um, character of the two people involved, I think this is probably very intense and would probably rumble on um, long after this is finally settled. I think it's potentially a sign that this is going to be a very difficult um, three-way coalition for Luxon to run as Prime Minister. I think it's interesting perhaps to observe the way the media has been um, reflecting on this broadly. Uh, I think it's fair to say that Luxon got given a, a pretty easy run of it uh, in terms of people analysing his policy leading up to the election itself. The tide does seem to have turned in terms of people... Uh, giving him such a, a free ride with this coalition negotiation. Do you have any thoughts on perhaps the, I guess, the temperature in the media at the moment around this? Yes, I think there's been a very noticeable switch. And um, because it was felt, I think, quite widely, it was a given that this was the election for um, Labour to lose and very easy for National to win. Um, it, was, it was just kind of... Um, I think a subconscious um, assumption on the part of some that this is the way that was going to go, and therefore maybe it wasn't um, uh, quite as important to really drill down into policy as uh, might have been in the past. And um, what was completely fascinating about that was um, the um, practicality and the, and the simple arithmetic of Nationals tax cuts. Um, and it took um, the chief economist of the Council of Trade Unions to really fire up that issue uh, with some very good analysis. Um, and so, but now the election's over, and the, I think many people in media have flipped in the sense of now, now our role is to be the constant watchdog, the con constant um, vigilant in this. Um, and that's why you're seeing um, Luxon getting a far harder time. I think the honeymoon is already over. 
It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. Let's look international now. Uh, starting in a few days' time is COP28, uh, which is the Conference of the Parties to the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. Nice and snappy uh, when you say it all like that. Yeah. And it's happening this year in the UAE, the United Arab Emirates. This is obviously uh, quite a controversial location for it, having m- massive uh, investments in uh, oil and gas. What is your thought? about what we're going to see or perhaps not see coming out of COP this year? Nature and climate are moving far faster than we humans are doing. That's the first point to make. Um, And we should be taking notice of that and trying to push on for very hard, um, to make very difficult decisions, but absolutely essential ones. Most important of all is on fossil fuels um, because the only way to buy ourselves a bit more time is to take some of that pressure off nature, um, off climate change, by reducing emissions. So that comes right back to um, a very, very rigorous approach to fossil fuels. I think that's going to be the dominant issue in um, Dubai. Now, there are lots of other really important issues on the table, and I hope we'll make progress on those. But because um, uh, the UAE is hosting this COP, and... um, the chief executive of the UAE's um, state-owned oil and gas company, ADNOC, Abu Dhabi National Oil and Gas Company, um, is uh, president of COP. Now, he's been um, articulating quite an ameliorating position about uh, the continuing role for fossil fuels. Um, But there are all sorts of elements in that that don't stack up, like carbon capture utilization and storage. That's still a technology that's more vaporware than a reality. Um, And I think it's going to be very, very intense around fossil fuels. Um, So it's really important, though, to keep other issues on the table, not the least of which um, um, seriously ramping up the money that flows to developed countries, not only for the loss and damage they've already suffered from climate, but but equally as important, in many ways more important, Um, increasing the investment flows into their economies to make them climate compatible and clean energy and all the rest. Um, Those are, I think, essentially two big things to keep an eye on. But it's such a huge agenda, such an important agenda. There are many, many more items on top of all that. And so what are, I guess, uh, expected or desired outcomes from this particular COP? Do people, are people tempering their expectations, perhaps? Or what, what are people hoping for? And by people, I mean, you know, science experts and, and political leaders. Yeah. Um, quite rightly, we're still seeing from um, very um, articulate, very well-informed um, champions of various causes going in with high expectations, so still arguing very strongly, for example, for some kind of a non-proliferation treaty on fossil fuels or some other serious curb on them to signal, and not just signal, but to begin the process of phasing down and phasing out the use of fossil fuels. So um, there is still that um, high ambition going in um, from people articulating various positions um, and it just remains to be seen how that then plays out over the two weeks of COP starting this Thursday. And um, it, it's going to be very intense. It, it always is. Um, and it's always tempting to say, well, this is the most consequential COP of all, mm. or at least the most consequential one we've had so far. And in a sense, it is, because <clears throat> Paris was excuse me, terribly important for 
and putting, <clears throat> making, um, this, um, establishing a structure by which countries uh, make their commitments. At this COP, there is the first global stock take about how that's going. Well, we know the answer is badly. The commitments are well short of what they need to be. Um, and um, so um, this is why this COP is so consequential on that stock take, on fossil fuels, on finance, um, and on issues terribly important to the whole world, and particularly to New Zealand, like um, radical change in land use, farming, and um, food, um, to make them climate compatible too. <laughs> so it's a very full agenda. I'm sorry, I'm a bit hoarse this morning. <laughs> That's and all right. I'm, uh, I'm, I will be there. I, I leave Sunday um, for Dubai, and um, <clears throat> I'm deeply intrigued about how this is going to play out. Well, I'd be very interested to hear from you when you get back uh, about how it has all gone because, yes, it's going to be a really interesting hop this year. Uh, best of luck for your travels, Rod, and we will talk to you again very soon. Thanks, Rachel. See ya. Kia ora, bye. You just heard a bit of political commentary. That was a 95BFM podcast. Support 95BFM with a B-card. Go to 95BFM.com slash sign up.